Welcome to another episode. I am B, and this is the Sussex Set. Going right into the charity spotlight, I want to highlight one of the organizations that Sussex Royal has chosen to highlight for the month of September. They're based out of Zimbabwe, and they are called Gogo Olive. Gogo Olive is a project that was started by a woman named Julie Hagen in 2007. Julie was living in Zimbabwe in 2007 and volunteering for a local church, but over Christmas, she went back to her home country of Scotland, and during that break, she was thinking about her next steps, what she would do after her volunteer work in Zimbabwe. And when she returned to Zimbabwe after the break, she visited the Muteri Remand Prison and noticed that a lot of the women were knitting, but they were knitting with needles that they had fashioned out of pieces of wire. And she thought, wouldn't it be great to do something with knitting to help these women? And so that's what she did. In November of 2008, the first group of six ex-inmates, they met together and they started knitting. In November of 2018, they celebrated their 10-year anniversary. And since then, Gogo Olive has grown to about 60 ladies who knit. Gogo Olive is a two-sided entity where one side is the business and the other side is a charity, but each side supports the other. Gogo Olive Cares and Gogo Olive Knits are the two sides. Here's what they say about Gogo Olive Cares. With Gogo Olive Cares, we aim to disciple the ladies in their faith and practically address any physical needs that they may have and empower them by education. We try to do this by having weekly times of Bible study, carrying out home visits, and organizing educational workshops. We also have an emergency fund, which can be accessed by the ladies. This has proved to be a very valuable part of our fundraising effort, as it has been used a number of times to assist the ladies in life-threatening situations. With Gogo Olive Knits, they aim to be a business that is self-sufficient and a business that is sustainable, and that gives them the best possible chance of surviving Zimbabwean financial climate. Their aim at Gogo Olive Knits is to create beautiful and unique products that are completely handmade, ethically produced, and fairly traded. And I quote, we want to create links between the producer, our Gogo knitters, and the consumer, you, as we believe that we can learn a lot from each other. We do this by adding the name and photo of the lady who knitted to each of our products and by having a section of our website dedicated to telling the stories of each of our individual ladies and giving you the opportunity to send a message to your knitter. If you really think about it, it's very rare in the time that we live in to actually ever see the face of the person who made the products we buy. So I love the link created between the purchaser and the knitter. Because if you ever knitted anything, there's a lot of care that goes into it even if you're a skilled knitter and you can just whip up something real quick it's still a handmade item so no matter what it is it has a built-in value if that makes sense but then to know that when you purchase something not only are you seeing the person who made it but you are helping that woman have a better life by ensuring that she has a living wage that's precisely why Megan loves Outland denim so much. So it's the same kind of trend. It's the same thing, but different, different location, different product, but it's still in support of women who need that support. 
especially coming out of a situation where they might have been prison inmates to transitioning into societal life, but making sure they have a living wage. That is incredibly important for women, for anyone, but especially women. If you are interested in this charity, go to gogo-olive.com to learn more about how to get involved or shop their store, and you'll see for yourself how impressive they are. So, ho, ho, did you know that the tabloids have no soul? Of course you knew that. But, you know, something in this past week, a couple of things actually, have really not sat right with me and many millions of people. I'm sure. Uh, But just being reminded of how scummy the tabloids are, I'm just briefly going to talk about Gareth Thomas and Ben Stokes and what happened with that. And to me, those two incidents served as a reminder to those who think that talking about the media all the time (laughs) is annoying, which it kind of is because I get tired of talking about them too. Um, But specifically, the tabloid media is it's the entity that causes the most harm or it can. And now that I'm thinking about that, do you guys remember briefly um, Jeff Bezos writing an open letter? Because we got tabloids over here, too. I think the culture is just a little bit different. But Jeff Bezos wrote an open letter about how it's not funny. Because I respect him a lot for that. I don't really like Jeff Bezos, but you can't deny how smart he is. You can't deny his timing and everything and his foresight with Amazon and all of that. But he wrote an open letter on Medium about how the National Enquirer had some pics of his wiener (laughs) and and pics of him being nude. uh, And they threatened to publish those if he didn't do something. I can't remember precisely what it was. You can really Google it, but... They wanted him to do whatever it was that they wanted him to do. And they felt that, wow, we have the world's richest man at our fingertips. Let's just wait and see what he and his lawyers do. And Jeff Bezos said, I'll show you what I'll do. I'm going to go ahead and have all these receipts and show the world that you can't do me. Yep, I cheated on my wife. We're no longer together, but you can't blackmail me because I'm going to go public with the information that you're threatening me with. Okay, so that was a badass way to do it, because at least he felt empowered. And it sucks that it happened at all, but that's what tabloids do. That's, And that's not excusable at all, but it's not a surprise when that happens from the National Enquirer. We'd be a little bit different if it was an actual integrity-having entity within journalism, say like the Washington Post. Nobody would ever do that from the Washington Post, right? But you can see that from the National Enquirer, just like you can see it from the sun. And so you kind of see where I'm going with that. Tabloids are trash and they have no soul. And that is at the heart of what makes them so dangerous. You know, it's one of those things where they are all contributing to terrible things and helping to create terrible scenarios but no one individual is accountable when something bad happens. They never blame themselves. For example, Princess Diana's death, it can't be pinned on just one individual. But yet, 
so many people contributed and not just from the night that she passed, but for the decades before it. And so as an observer, objectively, I get that it's a business. I get that there's money to be made. There are people who may be freelance photographers, freelance writers, and they just want to ensure that they can feed their families. But just because someone may seem larger than life, say like a rugby player, like a princess of Wales, like the Amazon founder and CEO, that doesn't mean that they're not human. Like the Duchess of Sussex, it doesn't mean that they're not human. So Gareth Thomas and Ben Stokes. First of all, it was great to see both Harry and Will make personal statements on the day that he made his statement about their support for him and his fight with destigmatizing HIV and those living with the virus. That was good to see. For anybody who doesn't know, because I know there's a lot of people on YouTube who don't have a Twitter, and there are a lot of people who use Twitter who don't really go on YouTube because they listen to the podcast on their phone or whatever. Um, or people who may follow on Instagram, but they don't have, you know what I'm saying? They don't have all of them. And so I just want to give a little bit of background. If you already know the story, you can just kind of skip ahead. But there are a lot of people who just are, this is the first time they're hearing about it. Um, Gareth Thomas is a Welsh rugby football player. Sorry, rugby player. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to forgive me because I'm American. Football is completely different, but the rugby ball looks like a football. And over there, football is what we call soccer. So just bear with me a little bit. He is a Welsh rugby player, retired, and he is a gay man. And since coming out in 2008 or 2009, he's become a, a campaigner for LGBT rights. And he came out again over a decade ago. And the man was just out there trying to live his life, doing it to the best of his abilities, and because that's what any of us can ever hope to do. Uh, but just last year, and not even a year ago, he was attacked just for minding his business as a gay man. And he posted a video on his Twitter page the day after the attack with bruises on his face and everything. This morning I decided to make what I hope will be a positive video. Last night I was the victim in my home city of a hate crime for my sexuality. Why I wanted to be positive? Because I want to say thank you to the police who were involved and were very helpful and allowed me to, to do restorative justice with the people who did this because I thought they could learn more that way than any other way. And also to the people of Cardiff who supported me and helped me because there's a lot of people out there who want to hurt us, but unfortunately for them, there's a lot more that want to help us heal. So this, I hope, will be a positive message. While that has nothing to do with the tabloid specifically, it shows you what a person can go through just by simply being themselves. And this man is a legend. Ultimately, Gareth did the compassionate thing, understanding first that his attacker was a harebrained child, and secondly, that maybe he could better learn a lesson than just getting his little behind whooped. Gareth went the restorative justice route, and he talked about that in the video, because that's a lesson that a young person can carry with them. Coming from a place of compassion is always more effective. What happened to him shouldn't have happened to him. Fast forward to just this month, 
About a week ago, Gareth Thomas is again minding his own business and reporters from The Sun begin to threaten this man. And Gareth said that he would absolutely not have made his HIV diagnosis public because that's what they were threatening him about if The Sun had not made threats to publish his diagnosis. Imagine being him. That's not something you want to make public anyway until you're ready. And as if the diagnosis itself isn't enough of a gut punch, which he's known for some years now, they went to his mother's house asking her for comments. And that's how she found out about it. So his mother knew nothing about it. Now imagine the feeling of knowing that not only did his mother now know his status, because he clearly wasn't ready for her to know yet. The opportunity for him to tell her in his own way was stolen from him forever. And so that's when he made the video that maybe you have seen, because that was just a week ago, or maybe even less than a week ago. Hello, I'm Gareth Thomas, and I want to share my secret with you. Why? Because it's mine to tell you. Not the evils that make my life hell threatening to tell you before I do. And because I believe in you and I trust you. I'm living with HIV. Now you have that information that makes me extremely vulnerable, but it does not make me weak. Now, even though I've been forced to tell you this, I choose to fight, to educate, and break the stigma around this subject. And that begins today, when I take on the toughest Ironman in the world in Tenby, and I push myself physically to the limits. I'm asking you to help me to show that everyone lives in fear of people's reactions and opinions to something about them, but that doesn't mean that we should have to hide. But to do this, I really, really, need your support. And another thing is no one knew that he and his partner had gotten married. Well, now because he's had to talk about it, the world knows before he wanted them to know. Maybe he didn't want anybody to ever know because that's not their business. All this intensely private information is now splayed out all because some scummy reporter and their tabloid they either want to be the first to report the scoop or maybe they want him to reveal it so they can finally write stories about it, reaping in their profits, and they're not on the hook for violating his patient rights. Over here, we call it HIPAA. I don't know what the equivalent is over there, but you can't disclose someone's medical information. They can disclose it. You can't. Otherwise, you're breaking the law. Well, because Gareth had to then disclose it because he felt like he had to get out in front of it. That has to be the most terrible feeling. Well, then people are just now free to talk about it. You see what I'm saying? And you see how sadistic and just God awful that is. I mean, it's truly gutter behavior. And people wonder why I call these quote unquote reporters, thugs, goons, hooligans, because that's how they behave when they're chasing these stories. Because when they chase the stories, they're chasing profit. And it's why people like Tina and Michelle, myself, 
Meg from Meganpedia. While we get so incensed at the thought that anyone in the family is cooperating with these types of people at the expense of Harry and Meghan. Do you see how all of it sort of ties together? And while we're so passionate about this, because not only is what they do a routine invasion of privacy, lives are literally at stake here. Do you know someone who is not as mentally tough as Gareth Thomas would have killed themselves before they had to make a video about their HIV diagnosis. They would have thought that was the easier thing to do than for him to make a video as brave as he is talking about it after what they did. And let's say something like that did happen. Those tabloid reporters wouldn't care one way or the other. They wouldn't care. All they would do is just chase a story about, you know what I'm saying? Not to speak that, because that's clearly not his mind frame. But it is for some people. You know, we see all the time where young school children, they commit suicide because they're bullied in their schools. These reporters are bullies. And sometimes people think if they don't have the mental fortitude, the easy way out is just to make it all go quiet. And that's messed up. That's more than messed up. It's criminal, but nobody is going to ever face any kind of charges for anything that they do. Should a situation make a dangerous turn? Then there was what happened with Ben Stokes, the same tabloid, The Sun. Now, I won't go into detail about that specifically because Ben Stokes himself didn't talk about it. And if he did like Gareth, then I would, but understandably I'll refrain from doing that because it's, to me, it's all about what I saw from the person who was actually affected. And so that's not something that I, I, I'm going to talk about on this podcast, but um, in short, because I know this is a global audience, Ben Stokes is a world-renowned cricketer. And again, the same tabloid, The Sun, the monsters over there, they published a story about a tragedy that occurred in his family back in New Zealand before he was born. And he says his mother, like Gareth, was also hounded and essentially ripped open old wounds. That's what these people did. And now understand, again, this happened before he was even born. So the relevance that the story itself has to 2019 or his career, it's non-existent. These thugs do anything for clicks. Understand this, anything. And so his statement about this is what caused the boycott the sun to trend in combination with what people witnessed Geth Thomas having to go through. I won't read his full statement because it is long, but I'll read a very pertinent section of it and you'll hear some of the familiar criticisms of the press in it. He says, the decision to publish these details has grave and lifelong consequences for my mom in particular. This is the lowest form of journalism focused only on chasing sales with absolutely no regard for the devastation caused to lives as a consequence. It is totally out of order. The article also contains serious inaccuracies, which has compounded the damage caused. We need to take a serious look at how we allow 
our press to behave. Hear, hear. Because they're really out here in these streets running wild calls and all kinds of damage. And I started this whole thing saying that no one is ever accountable. And so I said all that to say this, no one's private life is public fodder and it shouldn't be public fodder. This is why we hit back at them so much because again, there is no soul there. There's no compassion there. And if need be, any and everyone is a casualty. Doesn't matter who they are. And that is scary. And when it all hits the fan, again, there's no one ready to fall on their sword or apologize for any damage caused. And when they make a statement after a backlash like this, it's your typical non-apology while the damage has already been done and that's not good enough. And so along this same vein, and thankfully this is less serious than the two previous examples, but still serious and wrong. There are pictures of Megan and Harry at a pub that have been circulating, released by TMZ. That's kind of like an American tabloid. But I actually would put TMZ above regular trash tabloids um, because TMZ, they actually do break news. And, you know, lately they kind of been <laughs> a little bit trashy. This is terrible for them to uh, post the pictures, but at least they blurred Archie's face. Um, that being said, it doesn't excuse it. But um, TMZ, their website, so they're really chasing clicks. You don't even have a paper version like you do the Sun or the Mirror or whatever, but or the National Enquirer. But um, they're tabloidy, right? And they pay people for um, scoops the way you see some of the other tabloids advertising. Hey, have you seen Harry and Meghan on a plane? Call this number or email this this email and we'll pay you. You know what I'm saying? So they pay people for pictures and whoever took those pictures in the pub. They got paid by TMZ. Now, I didn't know about the pictures even existing until I talked to Tina, and she's the one who told me about it. And in the grand scheme of things, realizing how nasty tabloid sites can be, it is upsetting that people were sharing these private photos of this family online and spreading them. Because it's not about the photos, it's about the sharing of the photos that were never meant to be seen, specifically by people who support the Sussexes or are super excited whenever they see a picture of Archie, which I totally get. I totally get. But it's like, I, I hope people more or less stop and ask themselves if Harry or Megan was standing right here as I'm posting it, would they want me to hit send? Would they want me to hit tweet? You know, would they want me to hit post? If they wouldn't, then you know, if they wouldn't want you to share it, then probably don't do it. But that said, I'm not here to tell people what they can and can't do. Just understand that we don't want to feed a machine that feeds off of human beings. That's all. That's all. And like I say, Tina was the one who told me about them. And to me, I was telling her that that says a lot that I didn't even see them because I didn't talk to her until it was going into evening. And um, I didn't even see him on my newsfeed. So that means the people that I follow they didn't they weren't posting it you know I had to actually go google to see what pictures she was talking about so that's actually a pretty good sign I think you know that's just my view you know I'm not some kind of gatekeeper or anything like that but um that's a good sign but you know sometimes people just hit send they just share and, and a lot of times people don't even realize that what they're doing is again feeding the beast or 
because they're just so excited to see this beautiful chubby little baby you know which we all are so I don't know that's just my two cents on it on that specifically but I just ask that again given what we know about the soulless nature of tabloids and tabloid adjacent entities like TMZ that we not give them the attention that makes them feel validated for their bad behavior if that makes sense so it's always good to see the Sussexes for what it's worth you know I looked at the pictures I just didn't share them um they looked happy Archie looks fat and cute you know we love little fat and chubby babies but whoever took that picture in the pub because they were probably you know a patron of the pub they were dead wrong they're dead wrong so you know, what are you going to do? Moving on, let me just be petty peaches for a second. I just have a few things I want to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about any of them in any meaningful detail. But um, just a couple of things on this list I want to mention. Uh, how about the fact, and they're completely random, okay, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, how about the fact that Nacho is always repping on the Sussex Royals comments? being the ultimate hype man, the hype man that Harry needs, you know, the happy birthday wish for one was so cute and it was brotherly, you know, but it's why I made sure to include him in that happy birthday Harry video, just because it's like, you know, that's his boy, but Nacho likes the posts and he comments sometimes. And I think that's G so good for him. And the shade of Nacho telling Harry on his birthday, don't change a thing. I loved it. Currently standing. Currently standing. Uh, how about the fact that Megan, in her speech, at least I believe, she had a message for the media about not pitting women against each other, but also as women not backbiting and setting obstacles in each other's path. So come on with the tea, Megan. She sent all kinds of messages with that. And I sure hope the right people got the message and were listening. So um, how about, as Arnold put it, what's up, Arnold? Um, how about Megan's new back, though? Now, I hope y'all don't find this disrespectful. And if you do, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, I seldom comment on another woman's body. But when I do, it's always in a good light. But anyway... Mama's got some new lumps and I'm here for it. Archie is the king who came to this earth to bestow blessings upon all who grace his presence. He gave Harry a family and he gave Megan, in addition to a joyous motherhood, some new hindquarters. <laughs> Her got buns, hun. And um, she's in nobody's rush to drop 100% of the baby weight. And neither should she be. God bless. And, you know, how about the fact that Sussex Squad is so hilarious and so petty that we can take any trash narrative and turn it around and in the process make the haters see red? Shout out to the person who created the hashtag Kate Middleton success story. Like, you belong in the Sussex Squad Hall of Fame, sis. And whoever, if you know that, please put that in the comments. But, um, yeah, no, y'all gave me my entire life that day, September 16th shall forever be known as Petty Monday because that was a riot. It really was. And thank y'all for waiting until Monday to be petty because what they wanted us to do is feed into the BS on Harry's birthday, which didn't happen. Y'all are amazing. 
So the tour is in just mere days. No, seriously, I am so excited for Monday. Uh, Harry has always given Southern Africa his able best. He really has. And with Halo Trust and Sintabale, he's shown us over and over just how much he loves that region. We know he adores Botswana for so many reasons now. And he will have a working visit there, I do know. I really look forward to how the family welcomes Harry and Meghan, the family being Africans, you know, Southern Africans, um, how they welcome Harry and Meghan and little Archie. And you know they will. People everywhere notice how they're being treated in their own home country. So anything they do will be to counteract how Harry and Meghan are being treated where they currently live. It'll be great to see. And I can't get over the fact that in just three sleeps after you hear this podcast, we will have our tour. Remember the District 6 community cooking activity. That's what they're calling it, but I'm calling it the cookout. That's happening on the first day. (laughs) I don't even know if it's going to be a real cookout, but you know, they're getting it started, right? Which I fully appreciate Archie having his first cookout. But what I most look forward to is next Friday, which will surely be an emotional day for Harry and the squad because Harry will witness the legacy left behind by his mother, Princess Diana, in her efforts to rid the world of landmines. So recall that Diana didn't have to do what she did in Angola because by that time she was divorced. She was no longer the future queen. She could have gone quietly to the countryside and lived the rest of her life undisturbed, but she realized she was here for more than that. And she still commanded the attention of the world. So she was determined to use that for good. So back in 1997, a princess talking about landmines and urging the UN to do something about it, that was controversial. And it was considered political. But again, she was no longer married into the family. So she did things exactly as she needed to do. Well, now that once mind ridden place that she walked through in that famous video clip is now a bustling landmine free community. Thanks in part to her efforts in shining a light on the efforts of entities like the Halo Trust. She did more than was asked of her, and it paid off beyond her lifetime. And this is why we love her, is why we love Harry, because we see so much of her spirit in him. And in Megan, he's met his match. And this is why we urge those with similar platforms to do more with them. Those in the royal family, I should say, with similar platforms to Harry and Megan's should do more with them. There's nothing wrong with caring about other people, especially the people in your own commonwealth, child. It costs nothing, but it pays dividends. So three more sleeps, y'all. And that's all I have for today. Sorry I didn't talk about the Sussexes all that much in this episode. There's going to be plenty of that uh, next week. Because we're going to have our tour. (laughs) Hey. So, uh, yeah, definitely hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'll link those below. And if you're into the live chat thing, hit me up on YouTube. That goes down every Thursday. 
And don't forget to check out the Sussex Rising playlist. Oh, by the way, if anybody has some South African or Southern African inspired tunes that they would like to recommend or have me add to the list, definitely let me know. Um, I don't know a whole lot about music in the region, but I know usually when I hear it, I like it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, definitely hit me up if you do have recommendations and, um, I look forward to hearing them. So until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me.